Well, welcome. Hi, April. How you doing today? Good. Finally, the smoke cleared literally and figuratively. It did. It's clear again and a little bit of rain. So we are back to having some fresh air and having the windows open, luckily. Oh, yeah. I was telling people, like, when you open the windows, like, the angels started singing. I envisioned, like, Julie Andrews on the mountain. The yeah. hills are alive with the sound of music. Because we were really stuck. We were quarantined. We couldn't open the windows even. It was it was it, uh, not good. It, it was mentally honestly mentally draining yes and no yeah no fresh air and it was hot and muggy and so now we don't take for granted this nice fresh air that that we have and we have again right and then, did you have any family we had family evacuated and we had some people come and stay with us and you know, it was a mess but luckily everybody's getting back for the most part right more chaos right <laughs> right chaos so now we have some innovation because of that chaos like we talked about before yes yes did you have any innovation come about from this innovation well maybe it's a secret i can't really do mm. the big reveal oh what do you got going on <laughs> oh well <laughs> since i asked since oh, i asked no, I, what's going well, on well brewery stuff brewery stuff oh okay yeah that's yeah that was insult to injury i know we talked about in our double our double gut punch episode but this right. is like the third gut punch for a week <laughs> yeah i was gonna say well this is element so have something to do with brew right because you couldn't you had outdoor seating but then the smoke you couldn't even have outdoor seating yeah right? yeah hazardous yeah we, it's all around we we were closed for the most part Jeez. yeah it's like all that fresh food and everything that you you buy and you stock and you, mm -hmm. you need to use it or lose it and yes yeah. You've, probably been, you've been having a lot of those yummy BLTs. <laughs> oh yeah. But what is like it? Candy bacon BLTs? BLTs? Oh my gosh, you're so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those were those were addicting. <laughs> uh huh. They really are. Yeah. So tomorrow, uh, well, today, tomorrow, September 21st. So super exciting stuff happening, and you you probably already know about it by now since this is going to post after that. Well, I'd say that's part of the innovation, right? Out of chaos. Yeah. Something we've been working on through the smoke and mm -hmm. haze. And pandemic <laughs> lock us in the house like mm -hmm. we could uh cause lots of damage get lots of good stuff done yes rebellion kicking in that's right okay so on this episode we are actually i am interviewing a martha cooper of in meridian business solutions up in anchorage alaska and so we talked about um, ar they do accounts receivable for practices and help with insurance billing um, help take that off of your off of your hands. It's a it's a pretty busy position, and especially now with shortage of team members. So it's something that they can help you help fill that gap. And so this interview is with her, and she talks about um, billing and insurance in um, Alaska. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Well, no, I'm excited to hear it, Cindy, because I have to admittedly the front office is is not my forte. So it's even a learning experience for me. Right. Yeah. And owning a business, you know, we don't deal with insurance in that way. Thankfully, we never have to deal with insurance ever. Right. <laughs> Except for natural disasters like this. But anyway, uh, it's a whole different perspective for me. Could you imagine if you had to, every hamburger that you sold or every beer, you had to prove it through the person's food insurance right. or get an approval or them saying that they're going to pay you for the hamburger, but they won't tell you how much, but you got to kind of guess what, how much of the hamburger they're going to pay. And then you got to try to collect yeah. that from the patient. 
and then the yeah, fish don't pay because it's their free hamburger. They get two free hamburgers a right. year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a, oh yeah, that's no, it's a fabulous uh yeah. I'm here analogy. for my six month hamburger, my six month beer. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want any cheese on it. Not but make sure to get some extra pickle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, half a bun. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my insurance and good luck. Yeah. We offer several different things, and again, it's, you know, what the practice needs. Um, currently, um, I am working with a local dentist here in Anchorage, and his office manager retired after 30 years, and he decided to, to make some changes. He was on a very old, old software that was not working for them. And so the first thing that he said was, can you help me with the conversion <laughs> to a software? And I'm like, absolutely. I've done so many. <laughs> yeah. And so we did um, a conversion. And then, of course, when something happens like that and there's a big change, he had some staff leave with COVID and they just felt like it wasn't worth the risk. So here he, he's in a position where he needs some team members. So then I stepped in and interviewed for him and hired some team members. I've worked with him closely in the last month and he's doing wonderful and um, I'll continue to work with their, their team. But what we have done is the day-to-day -day stuff. So what we do is after the team is done for the day, we actually log into their system remotely and we go through their schedule and we look at every single patient um, that has been seen and we're looking at the services that were provided and we're comparing with clinical notes to make sure clinical notes, ledgers match, services match, and then we have all the documentation. If we have all the documentation, we submit their claims electronically for them. Um, and then the next step is after 30 days, we actually, and some is actually way before that, if they're doing any kind of um, EFTs, electronic funds um, payments, we'll call sometimes within 14 days. But um, our whole goal is to submit a clean claim the first time. So if we're missing any of that information, we actually hold the claim and we are we talk to the assistant, we talk to the team members that actually saw that patient and we coach them on um, clinical notes and um, verbiage and, and assist them with that so that the whole goal is to get a claim out the first time. So then, then, we, then we start calling on claims that are overdue. You know, then we post, so they scan in um, weekly, uh, all their checks and all their EOBs, and we go through it. And we're looking um, through their EOBs and reading everything, and we're looking with a fine-tuned comb. Because if something is denied or um, not allowed, like we're going to appeal it, we're going to question it, um, we're not just going to take the insurance answer and, and go with it, right? We're not going to just do the write-off because... Absolutely. We want them the full reimbursement. And not only that, but the patients are actually paying for this. Like it's their service that they should receive. And so my team, we think about those things. Um, so we do, you know, we do appeals, things like that. The whole goal is to get the claim to process the first time. And then what we um, also do 
is we send statements. Some offices actually do really well with collecting and doing their own statements in the office. So some of our practices actually handle, they handle that in the office um, if they have really good relationships with their patients. So it just depends on each team and like I said, what they need. Um, and then the, the next thing we do is every night when they're done, after we send claims, we balance their practice. We are looking at several different reports and we're making sure that there's a credit card or a check um, for every single payment that's posted and they match. And we're like that, we're like that second eye um, that's in the practice because things happen in practices and sometimes it's not intentional. It just happens. And so, you know, we're looking at that with, with fresh eyes and we're making sure that they balance. Um, and then we, um, we balance daily, we balance weekly and then we balance monthly with doctors, bookkeepers. Sometimes it's the doctor themselves or a spouse. Um, and then we do their month end for them after everything is cleared in the bank. Um, numbers match their practice software numbers. So it's we're like that third person that's looking at things just to make sure that there are no errors. There's nothing happening. You know, there's not a payment that's entered and somebody's accidentally deleted it. Um, because things like that happen. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a lot. I can see why you're so busy. That is so great. <laughs> like all that stuff should be being done in a practice all the time. And for one thing, a lot of practices don't know that because they haven't been trained no. on that. And like you said, there's new doctors and they don't, they don't, they're not taught no. this stuff. And then and I they're so busy. I mean, they're yeah. sometimes they have the same person doing all this that's answering the phone and trying to help the patient. Yeah, it's just crazy. So that's a lot of a lot of time that you're saving the practices. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, again, we we work hand in hand, and so it's really what um, you know what teams need. And sometimes they don't even know what they need, right? Because the team member will come in and they've learned from the person before them and the person mm -hmm. before them. So sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and you're transferring um, over the same mistake. Because right. yeah, the first person never knew it to begin with, not to their fault most of the time. I mean, that is so important for checks and balances, um, you know, that the numbers ma match and they make sense. And you're asking a question because personally for me, I'm like a numbers geek. Like I love numbers. <laughs> And numbers tell a story. Looking at new patient numbers and looking at your collections, our goal is always to collect 98% of what they produce. And so, you know, you have some practices that actually will, you know, they like to put all their PPO, um, their fee schedules in, and they actually post what they produce. And then you have some that will actually post their standard fees, and then they do write-offs. It's basically the same numbers. It's just how you want to look at it, right? And it's how the doctor wants to look at it. Um, and so we have practices that do it both ways. I think most sense is to put, if you're in network with companies, is to put your fee schedules in there and have them accurate numbers because the number at the end of the day is the number that you're looking to collect. And, and personally, that's, that's what my preference is. Because really, that's mm -hmm. what you're producing. Because you you can't collect if if your no. if your fee for let's say a profi is a hundred dollars, but the insurance reimbursement is twenty dollars. So really, that's all you're producing is twenty dollars because you're not going to get that eight dollars anyway. So it's kind of right. like you're joking then, yourself. 
you have an inflated number, right? It looks good on paper, but you're never going to get there. You're like, you're never going to collect it. It's uncollectible. Right. And so when you show doctors that it can be really eye opening. I had one particular doctor um, just out of dental school. Everyone told her to join every single network, right? So she had like 12 networks that she had joined. And when she signed the paperwork, she didn't realize that there were umbrellas um, under those networks. So they weren't just direct contracts. She was actually in umbrella plans. So she was only getting like some for her profi, she was only getting like $45 for a cleaning and she was paying her hygienist way more than that. Exactly. Yeah. And then they think that their um, team, you know, their staff is what costs the most. They're the paying the hygienist too much or the assistant. And really it's not, they're not charging enough for their, right. their services. And I feel like that's such a disservice because here you've gone through school and you know, when they come out of school, they have huge debt that they're paying on every month and you want the practice to be healthy. And I feel like it's hard when you're in a community where everyone is joining the network. So you feel like you need to, but then you realize that you're having to see so many more patients throughout the day to even make ends meet. Right. Yeah, and all and the so, paperwork, think of all the paperwork and all the fee schedules and all the time that it takes. To- right. And, and so my team, we go in and we put fee schedules in for the teams. We also negotiate fees with that. Um, so we do a lot of um, negotiations, um, we do credentialing. So when I say that we handle the financial aspect, we handle the financial aspect of it. We take that, you know, and we just make rec- recommendations as to reimbursements as what we're seeing. So um, when you dig down into it and you run their software reports and you say, okay, so you have these 10 insurance companies and these are the numbers of patients that you have under them, right? And so then you can kind of really see a, the big picture of what you're looking at. So some, it might make sense because you have a very large patient base in that that group for your reimbursement, but others, maybe you don't have that many patients in it. And so it's just looking at the information and, and making an informed decision. Right, I love it. Just yeah, showing them what they're, what they're not seeing. You know. Right. And it's, a lot of times it's a self-discovery because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then I liked what you said about getting the information in right the first time. That's so important to me. And that's like the mm-hmm. secret to um, your AR, your collections. People are asking how to collect money, you know, um, past due accounts over 60, 90 days. I'm like, well, why would they ever get, they should never get there. No, they, they should. should. Right. And you should get the information, all the information correct at the time. Take the time, get the information correct, double Correct. Double check your numbers, double check the social security number. And so that's amazing that you guys do that for them because that's the number one problem in, you know, accounts receivable or accounts, yeah, accounts receivable is just not doing it right the first time. Right. And, and getting that information and, and they may not know, you know, I mean, dentistry is changing so much. Um, I, I have been billing, um, cross coding and billing medical, for several years now, but um, things are changing and they are forcing the hands of um, of dental practices and and making it happen. And I remember three years ago thinking, you know, we're moving in this direction and it's like either, you know, you need to get on top of it 
or you're going to put your head in the sand, but eventually it's going to happen. Like, I believe that there, like there already are so many embedded plans, but I can see, you know, five years from now or whatever, that our healthcare is changing and um, maybe they're all embedded into medical. So um, we've been very successful with um, some of our providers that place implants. Like we've been able to get implants paid under the medical and then the patients are able to use their um, dental benefits to restore their implants. So they're kind of a married benefit and it's been really wonderful. Um, and I know that that um, it's just a great service to help your patients. Yeah, it really is. It's really fantastic. And to know the medical the medical side and to be able to do that for the patients, which a lot of people in the practice don't have that training. And, and really, if they have somebody like you to do it for them that knows all this stuff, why would they need to go through all this, um, this training and this time to have somebody know all this when they could outsource it to somebody like you that that for, you know does this stuff and is a professional with this and can do it right and get it done for them. So right, yeah, that's great. There's so many things that medical insurance does cover that that a lot of us aren't even aware of. And so, in my past, I worked at a ear, nose, and throat clinic, um, and I worked in the collections department for a, a short time. And I, when I first took over, I got in there and I saw the lady before me. You know, I don't like to call anybody out, but she must have been really lazy because every claim she just go through and rebuild every time it got kicked back. She just rebuild it, rebuild it the same way. It's like, well, you're going to get the same result if you just rebuild it the way it went out the first time. So all I did was went in there and checked the information and changed, you know, the got the right last name in there and simple things like that. And the collection skyrocketed. They thought I was a superhero. I'm like, no, I went through there and corrected mistakes. And, and then to have that knowledge of the medical billing to be able to realize it's not that scary because it seems so scary if you're not aware of it. Right. To be able to and entwine that with the dental. It's about the details, you know, and I think that that's the thing, even with, with dental, with medical, um, medical, um, you know, dentistry is, is um, driven by like your procedures, right? And medical is driven by um, the diagnosis. And so it's funny because you've seen in the last year, two years that the rest of the world is, is realized that, um, with dentistry, that your mouth is attached to the rest of your body. (laughs) I know, know, right. And so, um, it's just amazing now that, that the things that you can bill with medical, because the bacteria in your mouth is the same, same that is linked to heart disease and things like that. So it's tying those diagnoses together, um, periodontal disease, all of that, like, um, it, it truly is, is, um, really fun to watch and see the changes. And as a hygienist, I always, sometimes I think I forget that there's teeth in the mouth and it sounds silly, but I'm not cleaning your teeth. I'm in there. I'm cleaning your gums and getting the bacteria out from inside your body, like in your gums. I really sometimes have to stop and look at the actual teeth because the doctor will come in and ask if I saw anything. I'm like, Oh, the teeth. Cause I'm not focused on polishing <laughs> the teeth. I'm focused on getting the disease out, you know? Right. So I have to make myself stop and look, you know, at the, at the teeth as well in those cases sure. when I'm doing, you know, perio treatment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is a part of the body and it should be covered under medical and dental insurance. 
I, know, I get I get worked up about it. Just to me, it seems kind of like a joke, and I don't understand why it's even legal. And they take Absolutely. advantage of these young, new, you know, dentists out of school. Promises of giving all these patients, but then you're giving away half your profit, or you don't even get it. Right, and you don't realize too that the handcuffs that are put on you, right? Because, like, for instance, you know, if um, if there's a frequency issue or they don't agree with your treatment, you have to write it off. Yeah. Like if you can appeal it and appeal it and, you know, you, you go through that process and they still feel like, um, they don't agree with you. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's frustrating for dentists when they're trying to prevent things happening. Right. It's like, why does things have to be so like, so poor, um, before the insurance will pay for it. And so that's when I like to get the patients involved too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just explain to the patients, like, this is your dental insurance and you're paying for it. And we've had really great success when I have patients that actually want to advocate for themselves. And then I, I help them and kind of walk hand in hand with them and just you know, send them documentation or explain what's happening. And I've been able to get patients, um, they've been able to get things reversed when they're, when they get involved. Um, but they have to be willing to do that and they have to be open for it, but it is their insurance. Right. And the, the contract, yes, yeah, them and the insurance company, it's not you and the insurance company, but patients don't know that necessarily. They don't right. realize that it's their the insurance is kind of like, is there a benefit? Right. And so I, I, I have a lot of those conversations with patients and, and I feel like they get it. Like after kind of explaining it, there's things that they don't know, but I, I, I feel like I do a lot of education on that part um, because people don't really understand what they're paying for. Right. They don't understand that they have a deductible or a maximum or what a non-duplication clause is. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. And then the primary and secondary insurance. Yes. Yeah. That's another, that's another whole story. Um, So do you do insurance rundowns and breakdowns for practices as well? We've actually had lots of practices um, ask us that same question. And it's something that we may offer in the future. At this time, we haven't. Um, What I struggle with is that my team that I, that I have, I am so blessed to have wonderful team members and dedicated um, individuals on my team. They pretty much, they all could run their own practices if they wanted to. Um, And so I feel like you have to be able to um, really find the right people because when you're talking about doing insurance breakdowns all day long, it can be really boring. And and silly. Right. And team and, and I have I've had offices that have enrolled in other billing services for this service and they're missing details. They're missing, um, you know, they don't have a good understanding and, and the things that they're paying for. They're not getting what they're needing. They're either missing an ID number or there's a missing number. So. And we are open to it, but when we do it, we're, we're going to be able to really um, spend the time and the effort. Okay. And 
Yes. And, and just make sure that it's done right. And so it is something that's on our radar possibly next year. Um, but it, you know, I think I would say that a lot of offices that we currently work with, they actually are getting copies of cards and they have been doing it in their office because really that's the only thing that, um, with insurance that they are doing because they're able to focus on their patients in front of them and really keep the schedules full. Okay. Because the patients have new, new insurance all the time or they give it to you at the end of the appointment or at the beginning. And so, right. yeah, wouldn't it be so feasible to have somebody else do that, you know, because you need it right away sometimes. But what do you feel about, like you said, educating the patient so they can um, look up their information, you know, and then they could, they can look it up online or they could call the insurance company and they could actually get a breakdown and get so much more information that, than we can. You know, well, and they can bring that in and educate, you know, the patients to take care of a lot of that. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's key. Um, our team, when we are doing an appeal, the biggest thing that we do is a lot of times we will work with the patient and we'll have the patient get their actual plan documents. And a lot of teams don't even know that they exist, but when with each patient, they usually have a plan document and for every like service, say a crown, it'll have a code and it'll say exactly what, um, what they deem necessary to pay for that service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so those plan documents um, are so important. And um, I think patients should know their insurance. And I think that, um, you know, I think it's, it's really about retraining your patients and asking the questions and making sure that the patients have their insurance cards with them or know what that is. Because um, in order to do it effectively, you have to have that relationship with your patients. And even after all of that work, getting the rundowns or even getting a pre-authorization, it's still the bottom line, the fine print. This is not a promise to pay. It's like all that work and you still don't know if that's really what it's going to be. So it's just right. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But. And I think it's important for patients to know too, that when you're giving them estimates, that's what it is, is an estimate. Mm-hmm. You can call three times and insurance companies will give you three different answers, right? That's like, it's like a game. Yeah, it is. But so, but it's great to have people like you out there to help, especially now until we can, you know, get rid of this dental insurance and you know put everything with medical. And so, how many team members do you have currently? I have ten right now. We have like a short list of people um, that want to work with us. And so it's just great. We're always um, talking with um, individuals and interviewing and, and, you know, seeing like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I said, we're, we're very blessed. And so it's um, really important that, that, you know, we have those good relationships with our teams and they're educated. We provide a lot of education um, and we're very hands-on with our team. Um, so it's really fun. Yeah. And so does your team, does, do you guys mostly work remotely then since every, or do you guys have an office that you go into? We, we most mostly um, work remotely. And so this is, was so great with COVID because we were already doing what everyone else needed to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And you actually get more work done sometimes too, if you're not sitting in a room 
full of people. It's so easy to chat. And then like in the dental office as well, trying to do the numbers and the insurance when there's somebody behind you asking you a question, it, it is so distracting. So it's another great reason to have somebody like you and your company help them out because they can take that time and focus on numbers. You have to focus when you're working with numbers. You're on the phone for an hour and a half on one insurance company. Yes. Sometimes. yes and as soon as you get somebody, then then you need to help the patient and then you have to start all over again. So you never get anywhere. You're just spinning wheels. And this whole time the doctor's paying you, you know, all this time to just do nothing, you know, never get anywhere because of that. So mm-hmm. are you guys all located in Alaska? Are you guys kind of spread around, spread out through the States or? We have, um, everyone is located in, in Anchorage, um, right now. Um, we have, um, we are very open to hiring people in other states. It, I think for the right person. Um, I think another thing that makes us a little bit different is that our team members are employees. And so with other billing companies, the way that they organize it is they're independent contractors. And for us, we want full control over our systems and how our, our teams operate um and the agreements that we have with them and so when someone is an independent contractor you can't specify their hours you can't specify systems how how the how to do something and so for us um you know we we have employees we pay taxes like everyone else. And that's great. It makes it nice, tight, and then focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. committed. Yeah, because 1099, yeah, it's great to have freedom. But if if you're making somebody 1099, you, you're giving them freedom. You can't expect them to do everything you say when you say either. You you can't legally do that. You, have, you can't have it both ways, right? No, you can't. And so for us, it's more important. And like I said, we've, um, you know, we've stayed word of mouth. Um, we have our website. We developed our website several years after um, starting our business um, just because it's important for us to have that connection with our, our, our um, relationships with our doctors, um, you know, that, that connection that we have and with our team. And so um, everyone pretty much works from home. We do have um monthly meetings, um, sometimes weekly meetings. I, I think that I, I probably have talked to my team, almost every team member today. And so we work very closely hand in hand. Um, we, we use a lot of video chat and, and things like that. So it's funny. I don't know that anyone ever feels like they're truly alone because we're all usually available. (laughs) Right. Support each other. Still can't get quiet. Peace and quiet. <laughs> My co-owner, um, her name is Lacey. She actually started out as a dental assistant, and she started um, assisting, and she worked her way up as a manager in the practice. So between the two of us, we have very different views, and we come from different aspects. So it's really cool and fun for us to really brainstorm together. It does. It really helps knowing the, the back information and the front information. Because when you're working up front, it doesn't you see everything from the ledger? Like I go through the ledger and and codes, and when you're in the back, you see teeth and mouths, and you see it totally different procedures. And yeah, putting that together, um, that's great that you guys have diverse backgrounds too, so you can understand the whole picture together. 
it's been very, very fun. It's very um, rewarding you know, um, to see um, even just collecting. Like for me, it sounds ridiculous, but my favorite thing is to do is do collection calls. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like my most favorite thing because I kill them with kindness. You know, I, and you don't, it does not have to be uncomfortable at all to make a collection so call. How do you do? do you, you're helping them because you want them. What do you recommend or what's your little secret? If you want to give us like one, you don't want to give us all your secrets, but give us like your. Just make sure they're getting our statements, right? Um, check in with them, verify their address, make sure that um, they're aware that they have a balance and just giving people the benefit of the doubt. Life gets busy and things happen. People move. Their- and so many people now put their bills on auto pay. And if they weren't expecting it, maybe they're not looking at it. So that's the first thing. And just. Um, really just um, connecting with them and and just trying to to work with them and help them and find out what their challenges and what they're um, you know coming up with solutions with them as to how they can take care of their balance. Do you work with each practice or do you they just give it to you? Not that you're a collection company, but you they're like here you collect this, mm-hmm. and so you can do pretty much whatever you want to to collect it? Like if you want to make arrangements with the patient or do different things, are you allowed to do that? Or is it per office? It's per office and per doctor, depending on what, um, you know, the owner of the practice likes and everyone has different views. We have some doctors that refuse to send anyone to collections. You know, they might live in a small town and it's not anything that they would do. So we attempt and we reach out to the patient and try to make, um, an arrangement that's comfortable, um, that works for both parties. And sometimes I think that's just really healthy to have somebody else step in, um, and, and you're able to have that, that connection with them. Um, we rarely have to send people to collections if we can actually talk with them. It's the people that your challenges when you're not able to get a hold of them and they refuse to call you back, then your hands are tied because you can't really help them or work right. with them. And they're just scared and they're avoiding you. And they obviously probably have a lot more, you know, people calling them as well. So just being empathetic and understanding that, but getting them on the phone so you can help them is, is a start. But right. like we were saying, it, the start is to not let it get that far have the communication with, you know, the patient in the beginning and have the correct mm-hmm. information and the insurance and the billing and have all that done up front and the estimated portion. And that way you're not chasing old, old stuff and chasing people. So like you said, dentistry is right. about people and relationships and how you make people feel. And so it's mm-hmm. billing and collecting. It really is. It doesn't, it seems like a numbers thing, but it really is about the person. It's about relationships when it comes down to it. And it comes down to it to trust. Mm -hmm. Dentists will see three generations of families and they're taking care of them. So, um, you know, if if you're doing upfront billing and you're sharing all the information and the patients involved, that's the best case scenario because you you can work through anything, Mm -hmm. right? And and you want your patients to happily pay you for the services that you provide and really, um, really appreciate the service that you're providing yes. for them. And how you make them feel when they're there and you treat them and is how they're going to feel about the statement or the bill too. If, if you give it, if you treated them poorly or they had a negative experience, they're going to get the bill in there. They're going to feel negative about it because it's just, you know, it's all negativity. So yeah, back to people's right. skills. 
And with the collections, I, I can see that because if, especially in a small town or any town, because if most people leave practices because of a billing issue or money or something like that. And so if you send somebody to collections, right. they're going to go on there and give you bad reviews and bad mouth you, but they're not going to tell people about their collection issue or, you know, that's their fault that they didn't get their crown. Or it's, you know, they, they're going to make you look bad. And so that's right. why a lot of doctors are don't want to do that because it's not worth it. Right. And so I have some providers that just prefer to do an in-house collections, which basically is, you know, um, they are going to put flags all over the account. And if the patient comes back, they have to satisfy their bill. So like I said, it just every provider and doctor is different in how they operate. Um, in their practices, like five dollars. It's also helpful. Like I, I talk to a lot of my doctors about what their visions are, <laughs> and for a new doctor, it can be kind of overwhelming. But you know, I think that team members and everyone will follow when a doctor has a vision about how he wants to practice or how he wants to take care of his patients. Um, and I think that everything stems from that, from the vision mm-hmm. of his practice, and and what he wants from that. So it's, it's fun to, um, to hear when I'm working with a new doctor, like, what is your vision? What is your ideal? What does your ideal patient look like? Or, you know, because I'm going to be a part of their team, I need to really get the nitty gritty of how they care for patients. Standard. Yeah. It's their business. It's their, it's their vision. And, and a lot of the times Mm -hmm. they don't know what it is or they're so, yeah, they need to start with that to realize for mm-hmm. themselves what their vision is from the heart. Sit down and think about right. that and write it out and go over that with the team and get everybody on board. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's what's going to drive the practice. Right. For sure. And then some dentists, they're new dentists or they're, they don't want to say their vision because then they think their vision is to make enough money to, you know, pay off my student loans or make enough money to make payroll and, to them, it's more like can be survival. They're not seeing the whole picture or they don't want to sound like they're there to make money. Maybe, you know, they are there to make money, but they're trying to find some fancier way that there's a vision. So mm-hmm. I have something that they really have to stop and think about and, and write, come, you know, come from the heart. Right. Because I think that if, you know, you develop your vision and how you want to care for people, I feel like as long as you have systems in place, um, I feel like the, the money, it'll just come and they'll take, it'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't work for them. Right. If you work for your paycheck, you know, doctor, dentist too, it's like, you're not, it's not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to be rewarding and you're not going to thrive. Absolutely. Well, it was great talking to you and um, learning about your company. And I, I love that you're um, helping practices out and, especially new new doctors because they know they can really use uh, use the help and the guidance and get things set up right i appreciate chatting with you it was really fun and i love talking about dentistry 